Now, introducing the queen of men's health. Welcome to the Ali Gilbert Podcast, where you'll find the premier men's health info delivered to you the only way I know how, truthful and raw, with the occasional boner joke thrown in. If you guys like this episode, subscribe to my YouTube and slide in the DMs on Instagram and join the party. The best part is usually the stuff that I don't hit record for. Right. The outtakes. <laughs> you know, you guys, you know that this podcast took like a hiatus throughout the summer and now it's back. And the funny thing I realized is I had my last episode with PJ Street. And now this is my first episode back in the rebrand with PJ Street. Dude, how do you feel about being that person? It's so, so honored. So honored. That's awesome. The <laughs> Ali's podcast 2.0 to be the first guest. I didn't even realize that till like this morning. I was like, oh shit, the last episode I did was with you, I think like in June or May or I don't even know, spring. Yeah, it was over, it was over the it was last spring, last spring or summer. Yeah. yeah. Man, feel everything blurs into one. And PJ and I were talking offline how we feel old. And I was like, yeah, it's funny because I seem to keep having that conversation now that I'm 41 and you're only a few years older than me and we're both October babies, but we are like some of the few OGs that trained people in person forever, it seems, before going online, right? Yep. And I'm doing, <laughs> I'm slowly becoming a full-time personal trainer again. I don't know That's how this right. I don't know how this happened because I swore I'd never do it full time again, but I'm really, really enjoying it. I got a, I got a great little setup. Um, and it's kind of a built-in clientele because where my, where I, where my office is, it's kind of this, it's like a brand new, like higher end, like apart, like residential apartment community that has like all these amenities and clubhouse and really nice fitness center. And I'm like, shit, I'll train some people just thinking I'll, I'll do, I'll do five, maybe 10 sessions a week and cap it there. But it's just, I'm getting, like Google Maps has become my best source of marketing. <laughs> you know, it's personal trainer near me and I, I come right up and I got all the transformation picks and like all these great reviews. I just like, every week I get somebody who reaches out. I'm like, please be an online application. Please be, and they're like, oh, in person. Well, yeah, I'll take you on. Why not? So oh. I think it's going to be, cap it's going to, I'm going to cap it out though, because this is getting, like I'm like I get up at four thirty, usually do some online stuff for like an hour, hour and a half, and I'll train people from like six thirty to like noon, and like all the spots are like now filled during the week. And I'm doing like a couple on Saturday, like I think that's enough. So <laughs> you're reverting back to our previous life. So that is interesting, and I actually have to ask you. Are there things that you do different in your approach than from when you used to train more people in person? By and large, pr probably not. Um, no. no, not not. I I think I'm a I'm a much better communicator and a much better technician in terms of cueing um, than I was even back in 2016. And I I don't know I don't know if it's just because I've learn more and doing all this online stuff and having to be and having to literally type out 
such great cues and like exercise descriptions. I don't know if that, if that's what's responsible for that or not, but I feel like I'm in a real like rhythm with my communication in person with clients. Cause I got a funny story. I have this client who's, I think she was born and raised in Korea and now she lives in Cincinnati. Like, you know what Procter and Gamble is? Yeah. Yeah. The P&G is huge. Their, their, their world headquarters is like, 500 feet from my office. Okay. So all these people that live in this apartment community are PNGers. Mm. So it's, it's a lot of, you know, so there's like, so her husband's from Brazil. She was born and raised in Korea. And she speaks, when I say she speaks zero English, she speaks zero English. She's just, and like having to coach her in person, it's just, it's literally a lot of hand sig signals and like just, Demoing the exercise, head nods, smiles, thumbs up. And this woman is crushing it. Like, I was really apprehensive about, like, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work. Like, and it's worked out brilliantly. And then, like, she's on my on online platform, too. I'm doing her, doing her nutrition. I was like, I don't know how this is going to work because I think the language barrier is just. But, like, her husband helps her out the emails. And this woman just crushes her nutrition. Like, she, she was started out, she's real petite as it was. Probably like 120, I don't know, 128, I think she started out at. And like, she's been with me like three months. She's down to like 119. Her like nutrition consistency is like perfect. Like I go into like her track app logs. I use NutritionX track. And I'm like, this is perfect. This is perfect nutrition tracking. I'm like, I was blown away that she actually was able to grasp all this, but you know, sidebar, but. No, I like, dude, first of all, that is probably one of the best ways to learn something is with that type of situation where yeah. it's like next to impossible. Like that reminds me like senior year of college, my strength conditioning internship was at university of Hartford and they were a basketball school. So the strength coach gave me the track team, which was kind of, kind of like the, the not right. so popular, right. whatever right. word you want right. to put you in, put you in the field sports. <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. like, you're going to teach them all how to Olympic lift squat, bench press deadlift. And I was like, Okay. okay, but you take people who have no athletic background really at all, except for running and stuff, which these people specifically don't. I know other track athletes do, but that forced me to be a great coach. Imagine teaching Olympic lifts to people who came to college already knowing how. So right. that just ex expedites your ability. And I do think also having to type stuff out is a challenge that if you don't even come from a background of any in-person training at all, I don't know how people do that who have never done that. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't either. I don't either. So yeah, it's, and I guess the other thing I'm getting better, I'm better at now in person than I was is kind of like recircuiting people because I, I, a lot of these people are coming to me, having done the same type of stuff that everybody else does. Mm -hmm. And they're really apprehensive about my approach. You know, they're doing the classes in Orange Theory and, you know, all this gobbledygook. And it's like, when I'm doing like their initial continuing education, they're reading my manuals and watching my videos and I'm working with them in person. And there's just a lot of, you You, you kind of have to just kind of recircuit people. And I'm better at that now, you know, than I was. So it used to be just like, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And don't question me about it. Now I've, I, don't know, I guess I've softened in my older age. I don't know. <laughs> yes. And I like how you say that with a straight face. You're like, yeah. yeah, 
softer, yeah. like whatever. And for you guys who have not heard PJ or didn't listen to our last podcast, like the reason I like him, the reason we get along is because we just say oh. shit that has no filter. Like, I don't know how else to deliver something other than very honestly and directly. And I think that you're very similar. And right. I think people get attracted to working with someone like that because they want that. I think people who are either highly offended or sensitive will gravitate toward a trainer that might coddle them. And we're not really like that. Not my jam. Yeah. Not your jam at all. I am getting, I am getting a little more, a little, little more gentle in person for sure with, with these clients than I used to be. When I had my warehouse gyms, it was very like, I set the theme, like you come in, it was grungy. I had like, you know, like, motley crew and rage against the machine posters everywhere and like all this hardcore like king kong like stuff everywhere and it just was kind of like and that was just kind of my personality you know and it's and people you know they loved it but there's just so much like again you just have to there's people have been exposed to so much dumb shit especially since the boom of instagram and online fitness that you really have to go out of your way to sit people down and really explain again it's teaching somebody to fish mm -hmm. they have to have the buy-in that's why I, I have all my clients online or in person they have to do mandatory continuing education before they even start the program that's like smart. you got to understand the, like the first 10 days i was like don't worry about you know the nutrition parameters don't worry about starting the training program we that'll be scheduled for you for the first 10 days you're going to watch this series of videos. You're going to read this manual. And I'll know if you didn't, like I will know. And if you ask me questions that are contained within those, I'm, I know you haven't watched them. I was like, so don't just watch them. I said, it's a, it'll be, it'll be, it's about a four and a half hour time commitment over 10 days. And I think if you're serious about this, you will put that time in to do it if you want optimal results. So that's how I kind of set the stage in that way. That's a great onboarding process. Yeah. Yeah. I just put, I put one video on their calendar every day or one thing to read every day over like 10 days. And that, that way they're, you know, they're ready to go. So I know like with in-person training, um, the, the ability to deliver more than just a workout at that minute is right. kind of what we were handcuffed with. Whereas working online, you could help people in so many different ways. So do you have your in-person people work offline with you as well? Absolutely. All of them. That's yeah. They, they, and they get it because they're, they're paying me a premium fee to train in person. They get my online coaching for free, but they're, I handle them just like a, an online client in terms of check-ins and bi-weekly assessments, you know, putting in measurements, photos, I monitor, you know, their habits and, you know, they're expected to check in on the habit trackers every day and they're really good about it because they know they actually got to see me in person like at some point during the week like before yeah. they come for their workouts bring them up on my portal I'm like okay she checked in every day that's good and if they didn't i'm like i just show them the screen i'm like this ain't this is not going to cut it like i know i know i know so it's this hybrid approach where you work with people in person and then you have them on your online program and you're covering nutrition habits accountability additional workouts to be done on their own that they just bring it up on my app and they can, you know, and then it's nice because then I can structure the training I do with them in person. Like I got a guy, I got a husband and a wife. Like right now we're doing upper, lower total. Mm -hmm. So they do upper, lower on their own on my app and then total. And I, and like, and I just log all their stuff 
as I'm training them on my app, I can go back and see what they did, you know, the the rest of the week. It, it it's really worked out really well. Like if I had a, if I had like a full on gym again, I would do it. And I don't know if you want to talk about this, but like I would do it to where it was key card access. You get you get open gym time whenever you want. All their programs would be on my app on their phone. They can come in and do their program and their workouts whenever they want. And then they would get like once a week in person with a trainer as well. That's how I would do it again. If I did it, I'm not going to do that, but if I, I ever was to, I think that, I mean, I like that because a lot of the times I feel like people still don't know what online coaching is. They're like, Oh, are you're going to work on zoom live with me? And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, I know. I get that. <laughs> I mean, my friends yeah. and family don't even know what it is. I really do. Yeah, I don't think and anyone. They assume, so like, oh, so you like stand there in front of the screen and like do like curls? Or I'm like, no. <laughs> you have to explain to people like online coaching is way harder and you've been doing it longer than I have. And I'm just like, you're responsible for so much more because I feel beyond like technical proficiency of performing a lift, it becomes like a rent-a-friend, right? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. A- like a babysitter and then you develop a friendship or something and then they don't feel like they have to listen to you as much. Exactly. And yeah. they look the same. They look the same year after year. That's that's why I got out of in-person trading the first time because I'm like, this is really not fulfilling. Nobody, nobody is getting any better. Nobody looks any better. I got a ton of clients. I'm doing 60 sessions a week. All these people are my friends. I was like, but this is, they're coming in to work out twice a week or whatever, three times, whatever it is. And I'm like, that's great and all. I was like, but there's so much more that we can be doing here. And you, you got to attack it on the mindset and habits and, you know, and you have to, you have to have actual like big brother looking over all of your stuff throughout the week in order to get anywhere with it. So that's why I got, um, that's why I got out in person the first time. I'm like, there's a much better way to do this <laughs> like, yeah. where it's, it'll be cheaper for the client. They can train a lot more often. Um, you know, for a fraction of the price, we got the nutrition intervention, we got the accountability, we got the habits, and you have unlimited access to me via, you know, in, my instant messenger or email or whatever. And I can get on video with these people and actually talk to them from wherever. So, but I will I, say, I will say, I, there's, there's no, there's no substitute for like, if you want to learn how to train hard, there's really no substitute from having a good in-person coach for a while. Oh. I know for a fact, 80% of my clients are not training the way that I'm telling them to train. Cause I'll get videos, you know, they'll send me videos and I'll, or I'll look at their workout logs. I'm like, okay, you did 100 by calls for three sets, eight to 10. You did 100 by eight, 100 by eight, 100 by eight. I'm like, if you can do three sets of eight with the same weight, it's not heavy enough. I'm yeah. like, do 130 by eight, then 100 by eight. And then if you drop, you should be fatigued enough. You get to drop down to 75 to get eight again. That's what I want. Or I'll, and I get videos and I'm like, they're like, what do you think of this? I'm like, well, you know, the form looks good, but you had about 17 more reps left in you. Yeah. Literally. I'm like, I'm like, put on, put 40 more pounds on the bar next workout. She's like 40. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you weren't, I'm like, your rep speed was not slowing down at all. Like, and I've watched so many people train over my life. I can tell. I'm like, you're nowhere close to having an effective set there at all. Like at all. No. No. 
And I love that you said that because I think that is the single hardest thing to teach on online or over the internet with online coaching is training intensity. You can give someone fucking all the volume on earth and they're fine and they feel great and can go out and be social on the weekend. And I'm just like, how? You can't. So so it's like, I've been (laughs) posting a lot about, you know, how do you know if you're training hard? What are the parameters? I'm I'm like, look, if, if you do a set of 10, with a, a weight that you could do 15 reps with before, you know, when you hit failure, I'm like, and you stop at 10, you've done literally no effective repetitions in that set. And that's how 90% of people are training. That's why you see these workouts of, you know, these 40 set glute workouts and 55 set back workouts, you know, 10 exercises, four sets a piece. I'm like, that would kill an adult gorilla. Like you can't, there's no, you couldn't, you, you couldn't, if you're training with any kind of intensity, not even to failure, but let's let's say one or two reps in reserve, which again, no one knows what one or two reps in reserve is because they, they've never trained hard enough to know what they're capable of. Exactly. But even if you like you were doing it one or two reps in reserve, you could, you can't do more than like 20 sets in a workout. Like you, you can't. I mean, you probably could once, but then you're not going to recover from it. And the systemic fatigue is going to be so. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, training and learning how to train hard is an art. And it's a skill, just just like learning how to eat. It's a skill that is de- developed over a long time. You know, oh I put up, I put up a videos on, on IG. I'm like, this is what a, a hard set should look like. I'm like, do you see how my reps are slowing down the last two or three, and then all of a sudden I'm like, it stops. That's kind of you at least want to get to the part where it's slowing down a little bit. Yes. Yes. Uh, Luke and I were talking about this because, you know, there's there's sets where you want the weight to slow down and then there's sets where you should be shaking. And it reminds us of like, you know, back in the day when you're training in, in one of the gyms that don't really seem to exist anymore, but, you know, dirty, grungy, like, you know, no phones or whatever. You're making noises that make people think like you're being murdered because right. oh, you yeah. are so much like so much pain and you're just like uh, uh, like the the noise and and the sound and like you should have people running over to you with what comes out of you but nobody trains like that anymore because that culture oh. just seems to have gone for being replaced with headphones and screens and people wanting yeah. to train at home and all that stuff yeah i mean when i go to i belong to i guess four gyms now yeah <laughs> and I'll go in there and train. And I'm not one of these people that makes a spectacle when I'm like, you know, I'm training, you know, like to where I'm just like convulsing and I'm screaming or anything, but like right. I train hard and, yeah. uh, you know, I'm real private, but people notice, like, we don't see people do that in here, like ever, you know, and you get people walking up to you like, well, actually a, a tip for any trainers or coaches that want to attract clients, join multiple high-end gyms, assuming you have the resources in your area and just rotate throughout the week. You know, back day can be at lifetime, you know, legs can be here or there. Just rotate around. You'll get people that come up to you asking you, like, you clearly like know what the hell you're doing or how do you look like that? Or what did that exercise work? I've never seen that before. And you just, I've gotten a lot of clients just training at gyms. Yeah. Yeah. I, I encourage people if they have a home sure, gym, join sure a gym. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I have multiple gyms that like at lifetime, they think that I'm like Miss Olympia, whereas at Redcon, I'm the smallest person. There. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny, but it, you know, I'm not going to complain, but that is like the thing. So segueing from, you know, training hard, obviously we can keep going on about that. And I encourage you guys to look at PJ's Instagram because the, like the post that you say, if you can lift that and do like 15 more, you know, I think people don't really cognate as like, if it burns and it hurts, that doesn't mean stop. You know, that means keep going. No, and furthermore, like real quick, like it, it's pretty clear now that you know you only really need, assuming you're training, if assuming you're training hard within a rep or two of failure, you really only need like 10 to 15 sets per muscle group per week. That's th that's all you need, but it assumes that you're training hard. And if you're not training hard, 25, 50, 100 sets per muscle group per week is not going to get you very far. Yeah. So it like it doesn't matter. People are people are this people are, were it's not so much now, it's kind of swinging back, but people were on this volume kick for so long. I don't know what I can't remember the I probably shouldn't even say his name. I know who it is. But, you know, he releases that study that says you need, you know, 45 sets per muscle group per week was superior. I'm like, no one can train that hard doing 45 sets per muscle group per week. No. Furthermore, how are you going to fit all that volume in? Like, yeah, you're going to have to train six or seven days a week, twice a day to cover the volume. Like, it's not even possible. No, and people you don't know. eat enough for it to be worth it. No, <laughs> bullshit. Like, when I started training, again, we're going to start, start say with the training thing, I guess, because I just got more thoughts on this. When I started, <laughs> where, when I started to train, when I was 15, like in a structured way, we had a, we had an actual strength coach at my high school. I think I said this in your last podcast. I think we had one of the first like nice high school weight rooms and like a, a full time strength coach, probably in the country at the time. Very and, rare. And the, and these this guy was a big kind of Arthur Arthur Jones, my, L. Dartington, um, Mike Menseris, yep, H I T high intensity training devotee but he was smart enough he's like looking back at it now he would let us bench press for four or five sets of like three to five reps and do a bunch of curls and then the rest of the program was like one maybe two really hard sets to failure on like five or six exercises and we got strong as hell like but we bought into that because at the time like oh you can't just do one set we bought into it because he let us we were all 15 year old freaking testosterone driven meat, you know, athletes that wanted to bench press and wanted to, you know, get our, get our arms bigger. So he's smart enough to do that. But all of my high school and college life, I was doing like one and two sets to failure. And then I got away from that, like in my thirties and started doing this ins like insane. I still do bro splits. I love bro splits, but mm -hmm. I was doing just, no rhyme or reason. How many exercises can I attack this muscle group with? And I, I just fed into that. I don't know why, because like I knew better doing 40 setback workouts and doing like, you know, the, the woman I was dating at the time was like, she was a IFBB pro and that's the way that she wanted to train. I'd train with her and I'm like, my joints hurt so bad and I'd look no better and I was no stronger and I just was tired all the time. <laughs> okay so wait you didn't look any better you weren't stronger and you're tired from doing more volume right interesting so eventually like five years ago i canned that whole approach and went back to doing what i knew i should be doing and it's wonderful yeah but there's a boring, lot of people that boring. still think it is boring yeah 
everything that works is boring. And, and it's really like, you know, ever since CrossFit exploded in, in the 2000s, I feel like everyone got so into the, like, you know, Luke calls it huffy puffy work where it's minimal rest periods and oh. you're all sweaty and yeah, you feel great. But like what happened to like straight old school, like lift and then rest? Straight sets, no, 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 no intensity techniques, no partials, no drop sets, no tri sets, no isometronics, just a straight set done well, close to failure or to failure, progressive overload. And you rest like two minutes between sets without doing like cartwheels and shit between and yeah. running in place and doing whatever, you know, it's like, and that's the most effective stuff. And I don't know if it's people just aren't wired to be able to sit still anymore. Like I don't sit still. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. Resting three minutes between sets is. I get. I don't. I don't necessarily like that, but I know it's what I should be doing. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Like, like okay, is the time up yet? Like, my yeah. training is so boring, but it's so good right now. Like, it's just four exercises, two sets apiece, like eight good sets sit there for two or three minutes between sets. Yeah. That's really yeah. all I have to do. Like, can you imagine if somebody did like a three by 10 program and really fucking nailed it and it went it. down? Yeah. You know, that, that would be, that would probably yield way more results than the program hopping and, and the ADD. And like, you know, I find being a coach and forgetting how people have this mindset of things having to change all the time like I know that you you deal with this and I deal with this where I think it honestly came you know when did they develop like mesocycles and, and microcycles to line up with semesters in college right so this no. whole like four week has to change thing no no <laughs> I mean Ali, honestly the way I train it's like I have one key indicator exercise every workout that it's the first exercise on the workout and I will just run that exercise, for, I mean, sometimes for 16, 18 weeks at a time because I'm making progress on it still. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to change it. 16, I have a little 18 bit, weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's like, why would I change this? It's a good exercise. It's targeting the tissue I want to target. I connect with it. It's safe. It's got good stability. I can get good output. And I'm adding weight or reps every week or every other week sometimes i'll go on a two or three week stall which that's not a plateau that's just normal i'll stick with it if i go three four workouts in a row or five workouts in a row where nothing's going on i'll swap it out but yeah and then you know the rest of my the rest of the exercises my workouts i do frequently switch up i just like to have one thing where like i can monitor and gauge progress and then the rest of it it's just you know it, it changes a little bit more frequently but I always have that. And then I can, once I stall out on that exercise, I just have a simple Excel spreadsheet for all, you know, every, every muscle group, you know, the, the every, uh, or every movement pattern. I just, I can scrap that exercise, go to another one. And then maybe six months later, I come back to that exercise. I'm like, okay, when I stopped this the last time I was doing 240 for eight, my goal was to get to 255 for nine over the next 10 weeks, but there could be like a six or six month or one year gap from doing that exercise. So it's kind of cool to go back and be able to see what your previous best were. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Cause not many people use Excel as much, I think, other than us who are old. <laughs> I, mean, I literally I'm like, like 
horizontal push. I got a list of like 30 exercises that I've, you know, and I know what my, my PRs are on those. So, and I can, if I stall out on something for a while and I've kind of, you know, milked it for all I can, I'll just be like, okay, let's go down the list. I'll throw that in. Let's see what I can do with that. And it's, it's that, it's like that easy. It's that basic. So that phrase, it's that easy, reminds me of um, when people will say that doing what we do in our lifestyle and nutrition and all must be easy for us. And I wonder why that phrase comes up. Like when people are like, oh, well, well it's got to be easy for you. It used to be because we lived and worked in a gym. Right. But we don't do that anymore. So right. what do you think they mean? Because I think it's like they see how we look at the end of like you and I both did a cut in October. That must come easy for us. Can you anything give but. your take on that? <laughs> yeah, it's anything but easy. And I don't know what I don't know if they just assume that we have some set of secrets that, you know, only we're privy to and we're not going to share with everybody else. Or if they think that we're like genetic anomalies or we're all, you know, geared up or whatever. None of that's the case with me. Everything I have my clients do, that's how I, that's how I do it. Like there's, yeah. there isn't, I think that the difference is, is that number one, we value it. That, I mean, that's number one. We prioritize it because we value it. And we, we set, we set our weeks up and our life up with sit with systems to where we can be on autopilot. Mm-hmm. with this stuff whether that's pre-logging and pre-plan your meals the night before whether that's consistently getting to the grocery store to make sure you have the food you need in the house whether that's on sunday looking at your calendar for the upcoming week and anticipating okay that day is a shit show like i gotta move my workout there's some roadblocks there it's the it's bet like the, the biggest pillar of success to make it look easy is better planning and preparation. I think so too. And That's and I was it. thinking about that too, because at least for me with, with the influx of online clientele in the last few years, it's really made me realize some stuff that maybe you and I think is normal that other people don't. And it, it drives me a little bit nuts in the sense that I'm like, I feel like I should know better to provide them suggestions, but you know, putting yourself in someone else's shoes could be difficult sometimes but yeah. like for me it's a no-brainer that it, you know if you go to a hotel like all right it's instacart rotisserie chicken like things that are easy and keeping that in the fridge and sometimes people don't realize they're like oh yeah i can go get like a rotisserie chicken like yeah. that Just happened for you another state you can you know take your rental car get an uber like there's a grocery store real close by i guarantee it you can go get some stuff you know yeah just because like, you're traveling doesn't mean you're hitting the the hotel, restaurant, and bar every night and going out to eat every meal the entire time you're traveling. It just people just it's just like a disconnect. They're like, so yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, even outside of the nutrition stuff, I don't. I just see people living their life in general with no structure whatsoever. Yeah. Like, it's like, get up and have like, just fly by the seat of your pants. You have really no idea what you're going to do. Like, I have systems for everything in my life. And if I didn't, I would be a free, I'd be in a fucking mental hospital. I would be because I mean, I have literally from the time I get out of bed, the first thing I do when I get out of bed, I make the bed. (laughs) And I start coffee, which was 
pre, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? COVID? No. The coffee <laughs> I make was, you know, set up the night before to go off oh, at yeah, yeah. 30. I pour the coffee. I shower. I do deep breathing in the shower with my coffee. I know that's weird. Yeah, that's right. And it's, but it's, but my, my point is, it's, I have structure. I know exactly how much time I'm allocating to online from X time to X time. I know how much, um, how long we'll be training clients. I know that I have another block of time that I'm going to check in online with people. Then I know what from four to six looks like. If I didn't do that, like, I, I don't, I don't know how people function without some type of a routine, but that carries over into my nutrition and training. Like it's systematized and once you, I don't even think about it anymore. Like it's just, but it takes, it's a skill set. Like all that stuff is a skill set. And the only way to get better as a skill is to practice the skill to where you get to a mastery phase with it, to where you're on auto autopilot with it. Right. I mean, Oh yeah. That, and I just, Go ahead. <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's just so frustrating as you give people the roadmap, man, you're like, like I have a video, how to pre-plan your meals for fat loss. And it's like, I literally sit there and walk them through with the nutrition tracking app open. This is how you design your meals. I, you know, I go meal by meal, like take 10 minutes every night and do this. And it's just like mind blowing to them. Like, Oh, it, I don't know if I can yeah. do that. Why, why can't you do that? I like how you pointed out, you know, when we were younger, we, we would have to literally look up in textbooks or books like the macros of a food and like add it up by hand in a notebook. And the trackers are just so easy. So it's so freaking easy. Like you're just scanning barcodes and adjusting amounts of things and then putting the stuff on a food scale. Like it's yeah, like I have the the big it's called it's like from 1986 or something. It's like the big book of calorie counts. Yep book is like six inches thick and i remember like back in like the 90s or late 90s when i was in college when i really like was interested in getting like really lean for the first time because i was just like i was like 240 250 when i graduated high school i was just oh, wow. like thick in some good ways and some bad ways but i was like i'm gonna get lean so i got down to one like 190 but i remember having to look up like because i was starting to learn about calorie counting and macro I would have to look stuff up. And it was, it was like pen and paper in a notebook. And it's like, now it's like, man, five to 10 minutes a day tops. You might have wrapped up in planning the meals, tracking the meals. Okay. 15 minutes. If you know, 15 or 20 minutes, if you, if you factor in the, the, the prep time to cook the stuff and make the, make the meal, but 20 minutes a day that, I mean, come on, I don't care how busy you are. Everybody's got a 20 minute gap in their day, you know, periodically to to do this stuff totally it it almost like it, it sucks because their society i think obviously contributes to how people are, are thought to operate it you know it leads back to when kellogg's paid for cereal to be like the standard breakfast because i think re, you know the, the conversation that i remember always having was that breakfast does not have to be breakfast food Oh. which which was a very weird concept to a lot of people but if you didn't grow up like that was your thing then like i get why and it's this continuous like having to understand why things seem so weird and i'm like why does this seem so weird like like in the airport lounge to put a bunch of grilled chicken in a cup and just eat that is very weird to somebody 
because oh, yeah. they think you should have like rice and vegetables or whatever. And yes, you can or whatever. But like if you're out, you don't really know what is in that. And I'm trying to be more empathetic with that. But at the same time, I struggle because I feel some of it's common sense. But then some of it is like, is this a cultural thing that we've all just been kind of brainwashed? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where do yeah. a lot of these decisions come from? Yeah, no, I I, I, I completely share your sentiment there. Like this morning, you know, what my breakfast was, it was um, two ground chicken, uh, like hamburgers on high fiber bread at 830. <laughs> People would think that was absolutely insane. I had sushi was, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah, like, because it wasn't oatmeal and eggs or whatever, you know, nothing wrong with oatmeal and eggs or breakfast cereal or a donut. So, yeah, I, I don't. I think it is a larger macro level societal socialization type cultural problem in, in, in many cases. Yep. The three meals a day. I mean, I see this at Disney, you know, that's how Disney operates. They, yeah. Disney's a whole nother level. We can. Oh, it certainly is. It, it's great for studying like anthropometry. However you say it and just like, yeah, like fat storage patterns and stuff like that. It, it's just very, and I'm not trying to be mean, but it, it it's like, I, I struggle to understand, like, why can't we not do this to our kids? Number one, but I'm sure that you're not happy with how you look. So I don't know, but it seems to just all be in Disney. And then they obviously pander to that by providing pastries and all these things for breakfast and stuff like that oh yeah i've been to disney many times and i'm not a fan but i when i was there i'm like this is i've never seen anything like this before i'm like ali i think it's just a matter of time before 90 percent of the population is obese oh yeah i really do it it has to be it might be off by a few percentage points but like i strongly believe that's that it's going to it's going to get there it's starting to be like normalized. I mean, and I think that's why, like, yeah, like I don't doubt that those people probably don't like the way they look and feel, but it's just become so normal to them because their spouse looks the same way. And like, it's just become normalized and it's, uh, they don't really care to do anything about it because, well, I, I'm not seeing any consequence of it. Consequences from it just yet. Right. No. That's like the metabolically, you know, overweight, metabolically fit, overweight person. I'm like, well, okay, yeah, you're in your 20s, you're 25, and your body mass index is 50, but your blood pressure is still okay now. And, you know, you're not pre diabetic yet. But what's it going to look like when you're 32 or 40? Like, that's going to catch up with you. Like, it's, it's going to. Yeah. Like, it's great that you're exercising if you're overweight, like, and you're like, you know, you're, you're fit or whatever. You're going to the gym three or four times a week. or That's odd. It's certainly better than being completely inactive and being overweight. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But to say that, well, you know, that, you know, that's okay. And that they're going to be fine. They're not going to have any health problems down the road. I think that's completely short-sighted. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we go to Disney a lot, you know, Charlie's like, that's yeah. like his thing. And I used to get very angry, like very angry because I'm like, they can do something about this. Like we can help them. And him and my friend Gil had to like kind of set me straight and be like, Allie, if they want help, they'll 
they can get help. But let them live their life. You live your life because the less angry you get, obviously, the better off I'll be. But I'm just like, it doesn't have to be this way just because you see the kids and the kids are just helpless and it's not their fault and you don't want them to grow up like that, you know? Yep. Unfortunately, they're going to. Oh, it's anyway. I don't know how we got. It borders on abuse. abuse, It does. It does. And I think you do a great job of of like the examples that you post when you're like another boring (laughs) PJ fat loss meal plan. But like, I think those are fantastic because a lot of those foods people think are off limits. And I think when people think fat loss transformation or, you know, journey, which you and I both think people should at least put one year into even just learning how to do these habits and live this lifestyle done with like these rapid transformations. But for you, when you show that you have, you know, Greek yogurt with cereal and stuff like that, people think that those are off limits. And I think a lot of people shy away from working with a coach because they feel like they're just going to be deprived and starve. It absolutely doesn't have to be that way. Again, like 10 to 20% of your daily calories can be discretionary fun stuff. Now, for most people, that's where we're talking about 100 to 300 calories, right? But it's still something like that's where I throw my cereal in, you know, if I'm dying or whatever it might be. Like, and you also, if you're nailing things 26 days a month, at least that's about 80% of the time. Like you can go, you can go to, to dinner three or four times a week and eat, not track and eat a, you know, a, 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 a hyper palatable indulgent meal and be fine and still make progress long-term. Like you, you, you don't have to be deprived and you don't have to be perfect, like whatsoever, but you got to be, you know, the, the level of consistency that you need to, to work at is awfully high though. Oh yeah. I mean, you got to do it. Think about you 290 days a year for a year. If you're on point with stuff and doing things absolutely correctly, you, you got 75 days a year that you can, that's every vacation. I know I say this all the time. It's every vacation day. It's every holiday, every anniversary, every birthday, every whatever, Super Bowl Sunday, July 4th. That's a lot of days to like eat like a fuck stick. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can still do that and make progress. And it's just people don't don't under, understand that whatsoever. I like your your position on that because you you um, have talked about this before, where people see everything as a celebration every day of the week. Yes, it it, it, it it's exactly what they do, and, and people think like one good day or on plan day followed by one crap day back and forth should be yielding them some type of results, and they don't understand why. I'm like. This is why I have my clients like track their habits. Did you go over your calorie limit today? You know, and did you track your calories accurately? Check a box. And then you look, they got to check the box. And then at the end of the month, oh, you dropped eight pounds this month because you were 83% compliant with this. Oh, you didn't get anywhere or you put on two pounds. Well, because you were 47% compliant with this. You know, it's just, it's just, it's all in the numbers. That is why online coaching is very, very useful. Now, ideal world would be like, like 
having people who do your hybrid is probably like the next best thing to one of us living with a client. Yeah. And Ali, I tell you what, I was thinking literally earlier thinking about this, like if there was some way to me create a business, like I've really like, I hate this term, but high ticket. If I could go spend three days with somebody 24 seven for three days, I could straighten your shit out completely. Oh, like yeah. I could literally stand in the kitchen with you, get the food scale out, get the app out, set your calories step by step take you through this is how you make a meal this is how you weigh food this is your calorie limit this is what this is we're going to get the protein out of the way first in this meal let's pick the pro and literally just okay now we're going to go for a walk now we're going to the gym then we're going to come back and make the next meal if i did that with somebody for three days and had like literally that hands-on i could totally straighten your shit out like but i don't know how i how I do that. I guess I could do it locally or they, somebody was paying me like $30,000. They can fly me. And, <laughs> but literally, I, mean, I, 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 I think that's really what people need. Like, cause there's, there's such a, a bridge and a gap between theory and application for people. Like people can read our stuff like, Oh yeah. Calorie deficit. Yeah. I need to get a gram of protein. Oh yeah. I see how I see how he's, if they're looking at my meal logs on stories. Oh yeah. That, I see how he's doing that. But there's still this big gap between conceptualizing it and actually like doing it on your own. I've, I've really come to learn that, that it's like most people need somebody literally like to come into their home and live with them for like at least a week. Here's what a typical week of fit living looks like. This is how you do everything. I I like, hey, we should talk offline for a business uh, concept, but like I think there's something to that. And, in also recognizing like a lot of the times we talk about how our approach works and what worked for people, but very few, do you, very infrequent, do you hear people say what didn't? And I think we're getting there right now. Like what does not work is if we leave people alone to make some of these decisions without some sort of guidance, and I know for me that that has been realizing that pre-planning in an app is not something that they think of right away or stuff right. like that. Um, so like, I guess what I'm asking is like stuff like this, like what have you realized? Oh shit, this comes naturally to me, but this is probably not for someone else. And that might have delayed someone's progress. Cause I know my downfall would be recognizing like, what is very weird to them and new and not part of their habit. But I think they think that this is like a short-term thing and they don't need these skills for the rest of their life. If you want to keep your weight off, you do. This I is loved, why you have to loved what you said when you said like the diet can have an end point, but the lifestyle can't. No. And that, that's why it's so critical because you know, come New Year's, there's going to be all these 30 day challenges that people are going to do. And it's like, I just don't understand. Like, if you don't understand the process and it's not part of your identity and you don't make the conscious decision, this isn't, this is not going to be a diet. This is a, a total overhaul of my lifestyle. There's a big difference between a diet and like a lifestyle overhaul. Mm -hmm. Like, take a year and, and really learn how to do this that way you know you'll build a like that's the thing people were calorie county it's so obsessive and tedious and hard and 
blah, 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 blah. Yeah, this sucks. Uh, you, okay. You can look at it that way, or you can say, have a flip, you know, flip it, have a, the mindset of this is giving me control over the process. It's allowing me to eat as much as I can and still see progress. Um, you know, I can fit in some of the things that I, that I like in, in, in a, in a certain quantity. And I'm, I'm learning a skill set that's going to serve me for the rest of my life. So you can say this sucks. It's tedious. It's, it's boring. It's restrictive. You know, is this really necessary? Or you can, you can have a positive frame of mind with it and, and look at the, you know, look at, look at the, look at the great stuff that comes from it. Because look, I mean, I, I firmly believe like, once you get somebody to their goal, and again, I hope that takes them a year to get there because then they will know how to do it for the rest of their life the right way. But to your point about, you know, the, it, the principles don't end. It doesn't. Like, I firmly believe if you if you want to maintain your fat loss, that doesn't mean the lowest scale number you've ever seen or the leanest you've ever been. But if you want to maintain, if you want to keep off, call it 80% of the weight that you've lost you're you're gonna have to warm up to the fact that you're going to have to probably still track your calories and eat in a small deficit four or five days a week, right? Because the this the, the intuitive try to eat clean after the diet approach. I've never seen anybody do that well ever. I haven't. I intuitively want to eat donuts every day. Yeah, but but the, here's <laughs> the nice thing: if if you're willing, if after you lose the weight, and you know how, you have the skills and you know how to do it. If you just simply continue, for, like call it Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday, you're going to eat in a in a slight deficit. You're going to be moving a lot. You're going to be training, obviously. If you track, eat a slight deficit four or five days a week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Saturday and Sunday, you can pretty much do within reason whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, your scale weight's going to spike on Monday. It's going to be up three or four pounds. But by Wednesday, if you get back to tracking, it's going to come right back down to where it was. Rinse and repeat for the next 30 fucking years. That's honestly what what it takes, what it takes. And that it's the weekend warrior approach that everybody fails with with fat loss when they're actually trying in the goal acquisition part of it. It's I'm great Monday through Thursday and I suck ass Friday through Sunday and I'm just maintaining my weight. That doesn't work when you're trying to get to where you want to go, but you should be really optimistic and be excited about the fact that once you do get there, you can eat like an asshole to a certain extent on the weekends if you're willing to accept the opportunity cost of still tracking during the week. That's pretty cool. Like that's where everybody wants to be, right? Everybody, because yeah. I don't see the weekdays being that much of an issue for people, you know, outside of the Taco Tuesday and Wine Wednesday stuff or whatever. But I really don't see the weekdays being much of a problem. It's it's Friday through, so it's usually Friday night to Sunday night. But it's like, just take a year and go fucking willfully suffer and go all in with this. Get there. And then you'll have the skills and you'll you'll, you'll enjoy. You're going to enjoy the, the way you look and feel so much that you'll have no problem wanting to still track four or five days a week. That's the spot you want to get to. But, you know, nobody wants to fucking take a year to do it. You know, it's it annoys me, Ali, because like most of my clients are in that you know, the female contingent of them, or they're in that sticky, uncomfortable 130 to 180 pound range. And they all want to lose 25 pounds. I'm like, and they, I'm like, look, if you do this correctly for one year and you lose a half a pound a week, 
which isn't fast enough. You lose a half a pound a week over a year. There's the 25 pounds that you want to that you, that you want to lose, and that's the fitness transformation that you want. Totally. I can't. I can't. But you you have to take a year to do it. Because if you don't, if you say fuck it, it's not it's not fast enough. Next year, when you decide, okay, I've had enough, I'm going to do it again. Now it's a 35 pound weight loss that you have to go after. That's fuck it, it's not fast enough. This is it, I, I, my friend lost eight pounds last week, you know, eating fucking tree bark. I'm going to, you know, every year you put it off, the harder it's going to get. Oh yeah. I, it's almost like, and you know, you and I both say the time's going to pass anyway. Why yes. not use it to your advantage? And it being a female, I can, I can like understand what the women go through because it's the fear of gaining it all back or the fear of it's not going to come off because usually this approach can start with gaining weight because you're actually eating more protein and more dense real food. So the scale goes up. But I think like for me, you know, I train mostly guys who are like sub 20% body fat, even with them, it requires at least a year to get them through that sticky point where you're uncomfortable, you're going to be a little bit fluffier, your abs might be a little bit blurry. But then once you get through that hump of having to gain a little bit to, to keep it off forever, then it's like for life. Like yep. once, once I got that through my stubborn head with Luke and it took him a year, I was like, dude, I'm not letting you retire because now I can maintain pretty much within five and maintenance is five to 10 pounds for most people. They think yeah. it's not, but yeah. I can maintain that and have visible abs year round. And this is not me bragging, but this is me being beat over the head multiple times, not learning until you actually go through it. Yeah. And there's, I think again, People's idea that this fear of maintaining it, their, their idea is, okay, if I go from 150 and get to the 125 goal weight that I have, now I got to stay at 125 permanently or I'm failing. And I'm like, no, maintenance is being, I always describe it as being five to six weeks of really hard dieting away from being and having your, being at your best look. Yep. You know, for instance, when I'm really, really lean, I need to be about 204 to 207. So the rest of the year, my threshold, which is where I am about right now, is I don't want to be any more than about 215, 216, because that's for me, that's about six weeks of really hard dieting away from looking all weird, you know? Yeah, that, that that's but but even that to, to stay within that range, I'm still tracking my food four or five days a week, because if I don't, I could easily be 230 real fast. Oh you yeah. Know? We're not immune to that. I think people also think that we're immune to that or that we never are tired no. or unmotivated. It's just so ingrained. Like it, it's so foreign to me. I plan everything around my training. I, I just can't think otherwise. Granted, I don't have children and, and other massive sure. responsibilities that people have, but I plan my schedule around my training. Whereas many people will say, well, I can't train because I'm going away. And if you don't want to train a vacation, that's fine. But, uh, listen, if you're asking for a certain result, like there's a certain amount you have to put in as well. And yeah. I mean, Ali, people, people, that's the thing, man, people, you know, their expectations are up here and, and they want to operate down here. And yeah. there's a big gap between those two. So it's like, once again, 
I, I was talking to RM yesterday about this, like, you know, you can raise your, your effort level or you can lower your expectations, mm -hmm. but you can't, you cannot have this both ways. I mean, it, I have a new client who was asking me, she's, you know, she's kind of overwhelmed with, she's like, is it really necessary to do, you know, this weighing food and tracking stuff in this app? And I'm like, no, I said, but I said, based on what you told me you're looking to accomplish, which is about a 15% drop in her starting body weight. I said, based on what you tell me you want to do, this this is in fact what it takes. I said, you don't have to track your food. You can try to make better choices or whatever the fuck that means. I said, you can do that, but just understand that we're going to turn a 20-week diet in probably into a 20-month diet. If, if you want to go about it, if you want to avoid the tedious nature of tracking calories and weighing food, which I, I told her, I said, I guarantee you, if you do this for two or three weeks, it's going to be so less tedious and overwhelming to you. I said, it's just a skill set. It's just, you know, getting your chops, doing it for a couple weeks. And then you're like, okay, this is, then you're going to have five minutes a day, you know, involved with tracking stuff and weighing stuff out because you're just going to get better at it. Second nature, just like, you know, you're wiping the kitchen counter, you wipe down the scales. That's part of your routine. Your routine is you weigh the food before, you know, everything. I don't even think about it. like I could I could literally I could eat out of a convenience store but in a yeah. fat loss space and still lose body fat. I go yeah. in there with a barcode scanner. Okay, beef jerky, scan the barcode. Kapoop. Okay, whole package. Quest bar, mixed nuts. I could literally do it because, but it's, but I've been doing this shit for 20 something years. So I understand. I don't expect people to be, but I could, I could go out to eat every night and still lose body fat. Me too. I actually I would, lose weight on the road versus being. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like, okay, I'm going to Chick-fil-A. Okay. Get on the nutrition tracking app, bring up Chick-fil-A. Okay. Chicken sandwich is 350. I'm going to get two of those. I'm at 700 calories. Oh, I'm going to go to this restaurant tonight. I'm going to Firebirds. It's a chain restaurant here. All their nutrition information is online. Now, of course, not a, it's might be within 20% accuracy, but it's something. Yeah. Like, I could go out to eat like that all day long and still drop body fat if I was cutting. Not nearly as well, but I could definitely do it. It's definitely doable. I tell people, like, I don't really cook. Like, I really don't. I make like bulk ground beef and that's really it. I hate cooking. And they're like, well, what, what do you eat? And I, I'm like, well, I buy, you can buy shredded rotisserie chicken and that's in chronometer. And then I get a lot of sushi, but I don't get the fun sushi. Like you have right. to get nigiri or straight sashimi because you don't right. know what the fuck is in those no. rolls. And it's like fried and all that. But then cook up some ground beef. Like literally you don't need a lot. It doesn't have to be elaborate. Like I think all these elaborate food, like I, oh you know, the Tupperware and the food that's been portioned for six days. Like I, that's PTSD. I can't do I, that. I hate that stuff. I, I I could never do that stuff either. I, I have to cook on the spot. I yeah. mean, I might have, I might have, I might cook like a package of like ground chicken and I'll eat half of it and I'll, I'll put it in Tupperware and eat the, 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 you know, the other half the next day. But these people that have these, their chicken and rice for, you know, labeled Monday through Sunday and like they're freezing it. And I'm like, no way. I'm like, no. it's, it's not necessary anyway. If you know how to design a simple meal, 
Yeah. It's, like, it's, people, so. like people seriously build your diet around about eight to 10 total foods, literally like pick four or five protein sources and like three sources, three or four sources of carbs Buy a bunch of low and no calorie condiments and like add-ons Buy a bunch of seasonings. And then from those eight to 10 foods, you're going to create like four to five go-to meals that you could just rotate through. Like it's, it's, it's literally that easy. I don't know how people get on these, you know, get on Pinterest and Pinterest recipes and like they get on like these, you know, the food network looking for healthy recipes and like, like there's 48 ingredients in this recipe. It's going to take me an hour to cook. Uh, Fuck no, this isn't sustainable. Like you don't need to, like I can cook a meal in under 10 minutes. And most of the time it's like under three or three to five minutes. Yeah. My protein oatmeal, it's 40 grams of oats with a cup of water microwave for 90 seconds, scoop of protein powder and uh, a serving of like PB2, sprinkle some cinnamon, stir it up. It literally takes three minutes to make. Can't be easier. I mean, and I think the the way that I eat is very helpful for a lot of my guys who are newly single or divorced and just don't know how to cook or, you know, who had wives who enjoyed cooking and all that. And and it's like this foreign concept. I'm like, dude, this is what I do. You order sashimi. You can weigh the rice. You can weigh everything separate. Like and the rotisserie chicken is like gold like that and deli turkey or like deli turkey. I'm all over like totally Horsehead brand like their their turkey and like deli chicken. The stuff is so good. Delicious. And it has like they have, they have like Chipotle flavored. They have like curry flavored. They have anything you can think of. <laughs> it's expensive, but it's so easy because it's. Yeah. I just put, I put any food I buy in like a, in, as a custom food in my nutrition tracking app. You know, whenever I buy a new food, I, I'll put it as a custom food, and if I buy it again, I can just. Throw it on the scale, look it up in my app, change the amount. Bam. Like it's. It is. I, easy. But, you know, I appreciate that. Like, like <laughs> I appreciate it's not easy for a lot of people at first, but. Yeah. I have these clients that are like, well, w- what does the rest of my family eat? I'm like, you know, or my wife or my husband likes to cook like these elaborate like casseroles and chilies and all that. I'm like, I'm like. You eat your own shit. I'm like, this isn't like you can cook them something different or they can cook themselves something different. You can all sit down at the table together. But who really does that anymore? Um, Like you don't like this is your deal. I'm like, you can still sit down at the table with your with your family and eat with them just because you're eating something different is not the end of the world. Like, well, how do I how do I track this, you know? chicken tetrazzini casserole i'm like you don't you don't you don't you don't eat that like you (laughs) don't make that i'm like i can i can tell you how to track it i said but you're going to do it once and trust me you'll never want to do it again because of all the mental masturbation and and stuff that's involved and like tracking 14 different ingredients and then having to figure out how many grams are on the in the whole dish and then having to scoop it back out and reweigh it i'm like who wants to do that stuff oh fuck that no it's simple Nobody wants to cook things with elaborate ingredients, honestly. And like that, that's also too, like where it comes down to, like I asked, do you have a supportive partner or people around you? Because there are people that like their spouse will give them shit 
for either eating something different or wanting to cook something different or God forbid they don't indulge. And, and that sucks. And I have a lot of those people too. And you know, yeah. In an ideal world, like you would have really great support. Although I, I do have a lot of clients that do have really good supportive partners. Um, but I also have a lot that don't. And that sucks. But at the end of the day, like you just got to have a real conversation with them. Like, hey, look, I don't like the way I look at, look, look or feel. I'm concerned about my health. I, I, I'm concerned about my my ability to be a good husband or wife or parent. Like, I don't feel good in my own skin. I want to do this for me. And if you're going to give me shit about making a healthy choice for me and our future and my and our family, like to hell with you. It's not like I'm asking you to support me, you know, shooting fentanyl every night. Like I, I'm asking you to support me getting healthier. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it goes back to us thinking like this warped concept of living a fitness lifestyle is still so, so much an outlier. So bizarre when you go to places and in, in like, you know, Disney world and and now it's like being normalized in the media and everyone's living on semaglutide and that's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Although I'll tell you, I have referred, I've I referred a number of clients to to obesity docs to get GLP one agonist because I'm like, you did, I'm like, like I throw my hands up. I'm like, look, I just have a serious conversation. I'm like, look, light, lifestyle and a lifestyle intervention is not working for you, and it's probably not going to work for you. And I said, there's no shame in just getting some help with this pharmacologically because. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, mean, I agree. I've had people come coach with me three or four different times who never got anywhere. And it doesn't matter what I did or what I tried, like they were just not going to do what was required. And I got to the point, I'm like, or they were flat out like lying to me. It's like, I, I know the numbers. I'm like, there's no way you're doing like, and I, instead of getting in this back and forth of where I spent four hours dealing with that, I'm like, Hey, you know what? Yeah. I think you probably are resistant to weight loss. You should go get, I'm serious. Because at that point I'm like, whatever yeah. I, want, I want to help them. And I, I do, I would, I would love to see them drop some, you know, drop some weight and get healthier. But I'm like, I can't, yeah, I can't do this. Like. I've had a few clients uh, use it. I've used it just to try it. Cause a lot of my meathead friends use it for cutting. Oh, sure. Sure. I'm like, Ooh, like I want to like, try. All of Hollywood's using, using it now have to like honestly it, it it worked for me for like maybe two weeks and I tried it early in my cut in like August I want to say it, it the the part I liked was that it, it makes you disinterested so anything you crave like for me is super sweet stuff I was just not interested yeah the problem for us though is like it can completely whack your appetite out but if you're still training that does not go very well doesn't help no. <laughs> So I was like, no, most yeah. people do. Most people need need that though, to where they just they can intuitively know when to stop eating, or they lose interest in certain foods, and their gut and their brain communicate better. Like totally, and I mean, listen, totally I'm a fan that. of it too. You know, I just it it people people will say it doesn't teach habits and stuff like that, and like I understand and respect that, but then there, there's a point where like. This if this gets it off and then they are able to learn that and motivated, then it's a win. It's 100 percent, 100 percent. So I wish it was easier to get like at the grocery store or some shit. Yeah, right. That'd be nice. <laughs> With a lot of these. Um, 
I think that was really, that was everything that I had wanted to ask you and cover because a big part of that was like the lifestyle stuff and, and just why, because why things don't really resonate with people. And I think covering that whole, like when it doesn't work, like we just did at the end too, like, you know, I think we've all had clients where they, they just don't track their workouts are sporadic. You know, we wonder why are they paying for a coach? And then at least I take it personally or used to take it personally where I'd be like, what am I doing wrong? I don't do it. I used to too. Yeah. And, and I still give every ounce of effort to get, to get them going. But I'm to the point now where I'm like, this is, this is nothing to do with me. I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. This is just, I mean, look, look, I mean, life lifestyle intervention, typically for most people, unless you're like hyper into it, like we are, it's usually only going to result like in a five or 10% reduction in body weight that, and that's over the course of a year. Right. Right. I mean, for most people that's, and it, you know, 10% of your body weight, it's, it's a fair amount. And then if you, if you, if you need to go further, which a lot of people do, unfortunately, it gets harder and slower, you know, it just does. But that's what I'm saying. Like people are like, when I tell people that I'm like, okay, so you could realistically for 200 pounds on December the 8th, December the 8th of 23, you, you can reasonably probably be like, you know, two, 215 to 220. And they're like, well, that's only 25 pounds. I'm like, yeah, but that's, you know, research has kind of shown that 10% is usually about where people start to sputter out, you know? So, you know, what's interesting too, is like, I don't get a lot of very overweight people, but it it really does not require a lot of effort if you're very overweight. Not at all. To drop no. it. <laughs> In that case, like I've had like I've had clients drop a hundred pounds, but but they were like started out 340, 350. Yeah. They hundred pounds in a year, which th those people can easily drop like early on two percent of their body weight per week for a while. And then it's like one percent pretty consistently. And then at the very end, it's closer to that, you know a half a pound or a pound a week, but those first couple months, man, it can really fly off if you're, yeah. if you're obese. Yeah. That's why I want people to realize like you really don't have to give up your entire life. Like if you're going for dick skin, like you and I have, then that requires slow, very glacially very methodical <laughs> fat loss. But like, if you have a lot of body fat to lose, like it, it is very little effort, just tighten some stuff up, get some systems in place, like you said, and it can be relatively easy yeah. and the slower they go, obviously with, you know, as they get leaner then the, the better chance they have of it coming off. But I actually had one of my clients and he's relatively lean. I would say he's about 16%, 17%. And he asked me like, well, cause he's a golf professional. So he, he doesn't understand this stuff. He's like, why is it better to not do it in a crash diet form? And, and I'm just like, Okay. So that made me realize like, sometimes I have to explain this still sure. because you just assume people know that, but I'm like, man, if we can just get this info of like, everyone just calm the fuck down and take your time. <laughs> I tell P I tell cl my clients all the time. I'm like, look, if you are under 200 pounds, like a half a pound a week is what you should be. Oh yeah. I mean, for because that way you don't have to rock bottom your calories. You can still have a little bit of a life. And that's a perfectly fine rate of weight loss, you know, perfectly fine rate. There's no reason. I mean, once again, if you're 170, picture yourself at 145, you'd be thrilled. 
just yeah. take your time for a year and do it in a really sustainable fashion. Like you don't like you don't have to lose eight pounds the first week or I quit. And I've had people say, I have people like to drop four or five pounds in a week. You're like, oh, I really thought it was going to be more. I'm really disappointed. I'm like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Like, do you have any like, but they don't, they don't have any idea because they've been marketed no. so long with all this dribble. Woman's World magazine lose 31 pounds by New Year's Day. You know, it's just like so it, there is a, there is a lot of rewiring and 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 undoing that has to be done with people up upstairs and constant education. And some people take to it and some people don't. Some people do the work, some people don't. Yeah. Not I'm to keep really it, control. So I'm perfectly honest, like, and I think this is true for pretty much every good coach i'm not talking about the bad ones because this is they don't even have this type of type of success but i'd say three out of every 10 of my clients get like stellar results and the other seven do not mm -hmm. i mean because you know you go to our websites and you'll see you know the same people. dozens of transformation pictures and they're like wow you're you're really good i'm like thank you however you gotta understand i've worked with probably 500 people online Yep. Those are the 40 that did, did, did what I told them to do and took six, 12, 18 months to do it. Totally. Like, yeah. Cause it's like the rotation of the same, whoever you have not, at that time. Exactly. <laughs> you're not seeing 440 people who kind of did okay, or just sputtered out after two months. Like I'm perfectly honest about that. And I think yeah. that's, that's pretty much the case for every coach. That, oh, hundred percent. Like that, that's why I like talking about like what doesn't work because sometimes it's like, all right, maybe I didn't empathize deeply enough or my expectations were too high, but this is based on what the person is demanding they want. So right. you're, you're trying to deliver the path there. So there are times where they just, they, like you said, they lose interest or sputter. Or I don't even know what it is. Sometimes I have no fucking clue and I even ask and I'm just like, why won't you do this? And they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. It goes back to what I always say, what I said to Aram yesterday on his. Most people like the idea of the outcome, but they still have one foot in their old lifestyle and habits and they they hate their problem. I'm sorry, they dislike their problem a lot, but they really hate the solution to the problem. That that's why they're not doing the work. They're not they're not ready to do the work, and they don't want to do the work yet. Like there's going to have to be a pain point they reach, whether it's a heart attack or diabetes or you know seeing themselves shirtless at the lake, looking like a land beast. You know it's it's going to take something like that, unfortunately, or a combination of those things to get them to do it. For the men, I just tell them your dick's not going to work if you don't do this, and there usually you, you know that's usually incentive enough. It should be for guys, right? Yeah, it would be for me. I know, right? But but it is true. I, guys don't correlate. Like, you know, obesity, insulin resistance, heart disease, all of that affects your blood vessels, which affects oh, your dick. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. So, but it's true. It's like, really, it. what's that? It's 100% correct. <laughs> so it, it, thank you for being transparent about, about that because it is true and you know, people don't realize where they could be in a year, let alone four, five, 10 years. Like literally when I started with Luke, I was pretty much the same way I am now. I look vastly different, but
but the more you go through this process, the easier it gets for people. It's just that I, first. I get them over. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. If you can get through two or two or three really solid months, it gets exponentially easier. You're, you get into kind of a mastery phase of it and it's a lot less time consuming. And then you have self-efficacy and you're seeing results at that point in time. Like you aren't going to see any real aesthetic changes in, if it's inside of a three month window, like don't even like. No, I, I don't stick, even you like gotta doing. Stick out, you got to stick out 12 weeks of really hard consistency to even start seeing something like that. Like precision. Like I, I hate before and after photos that are less than three months. I refuse to post them. No, exactly. Yeah. Cause it's stupid. So um, if anyone wants to work with you or apply to work with you or talk to you or insult you or comment or uh, compliment you, where do they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram at PJ street. That's S T R I E T uh, website, revive And I am running my only sale of the year. I do one sale a year for the holidays. It's a massive discount on coaching. Sign up for six months, get three free, sign up for 12 and get six free. So that's good through December. Shit. I might break up with Luke and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're awesome. hitched, Allie. You're hitched. I am. Thank you, PJ, for coming on again. All right. Thanks so much. <laughs>